With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, David Wildey, Dan Menzel, Sports Day SA, all thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Plenty happening in the world of sport as a welcome Dan Menzel. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm going well, Wilds. How about yourself? Yeah, had a pretty wet day today, a bit of golf, but I didn't play well and just got wet, so perhaps not the greatest day. No, but... it's been sunny every day of the week, and oh, this, today Thursdays. is not the best one. <laughs> Thursdays, it always rains. Hey, you got a bit of news, breaking news, your former club, Woodville West Torrens. Yes, we do. So they have announced a senior coach for the coming years, which is Sam Jacobs, the former Crows footballer. He played at Flagstaff Hill this year in their premiership. Uh, so he has been announced as... As the head coach, um, in a little package type deal, they've got Gavin Colville has gone back as the senior assistant coach. So Source has never coached before himself. So I think this is it's a really good move to have someone like Gavin Colville who's going to come in and, and bring that um, assistance, but also just the experience in the coaching ranks. So in AFL, you need a accreditation, do you? But not in Sandville. Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, he could have an accreditation depending on courses he's done, but... Um, yeah, hasn't necessarily coached his own team yet. So it's um it is a, a different direction they're heading in, but I think with the the Jacobs Colville package is tied in quite nicely. He's a terrific guy and yeah, Jade Chitty had run his race, so um I, I think they'd be most people would be happy with that, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think that Source, he's thirty five years of age, <laughs> so he's not far out of the game. He understands he's still um, play. Correct. He understands the generation and again a lot of it's about connecting to the playing group, which is really important, which he'll certainly do. Um, and like I said, if if there wasn't the senior assistant of Gavin Colville, it might have been a challenge, some of the tasks and some of the things to take on, but I think it's a really good addition for the Woodville West Torrens Footy Club. Yeah, that news just hot off the press. Sam Jacobs, the coach for Woodville West Torrens. Uh, 1-300-736-736 is our number if you want to give us a call at any time. I know you want to talk World Cup, but Aaron Norton signs an eight-year deal. Yes. Uh, probably a million bucks a year plus over eight years. I've been always dead against it. Bloody knows my thoughts on that. Most of them come crashing down. There's been a Probably the best one that has worked. Well, actually, two have worked. Yep. Alistair Lynch years ago. Yep. He got a 10-year deal. Yep. And Buddy Franklin, I think, Sydney, and, and both superstars of the game. But I've got a feeling um, four years should be a max deal. I reckon you lose your hunger. A lot of, a lot of players lose. When you know there's food on the table for the next 10 years and you're getting a million bucks a year, it's also the injury, chance of an injury um, over that time, the longevity as they get older. But... How do you see it? Yeah, it's interesting. I'll, I'll add one more to that list, and it's Tom Lynch. So Alistair and Tom Lynch. Now, Tom Lynch, seven-year deal as well, probably on just shy of a million a year. Now, he He's has had two flags. Two flags. He's won two flags. Um, 
And so I think that um, if you have that success, then it does. I think that's worked. You get two flags in, yep. and he's played, what is he in his fifth year next year? Yeah, so he's starting to miss a few games now, but it's paid off for the Tigers. So I think it, it's a really interesting one, whereas I think you look at some of the ones that haven't worked, and they may be the teams that are struggling a little bit more. Polek went to North Melbourne? Yeah, that was an interesting one. Atkins to the Has Gold worked. Coast. Um, teams that are... Teams that are struggling and they all, they think they have to offer far more than other teams and a much longer deal, which doesn't make sense because it doesn't work in the long run. And um, Mitch McGovern's a, another one yeah, doesn't work for I, Carlton. I tend to agree with that. I, I don't think he's got to the levels they would have liked him to have got to so far. But I think what's interesting about that now is we're starting to get to a day and age where We've talked about Clayton Oliver, seven-year deal. Melbourne now potentially could trade him. So what that means and what that tells me is clubs aren't as phased as much about the long-term deals because they effectively lock them in, which means their players can't go anywhere unless they want to trade them and get something they can get. Whereas I think they're a bit more worried about um, about players leaving through free agency and if they're out of contract in a year or two. Whereas... We're seeing like the Brady Grundy deal. You can trade them and offload them a year later. So I think you will actually see more and more long-term deals because for players, the security of the contract, not necessarily being at that club, but the contract is what they'll want. And the clubs will then go, well, it means they're tied to us unless we want them to move. What if the player wants to go? Uh, well, then I think you see it happen. I think Should I make a deal? Yeah, I think what will happen is... It, it might not happen at first, but you don't want a player staying at a club against their will and being detrimental to the playing group. It, it's not good for culture, and we've seen that in the past. So I think it is it is going to, in most cases, be a win-win for both the club Dan, and Dan, eight years is two presidential terms. Yeah, it's a long, oh, it's it's a long, a long while. Again, I wouldn't give out an eight-year contract, no. but I, I think Aaron Norton is a star. And he is. If you were to pick... 10 players in the league, he probably falls in that with his age demographic and what the upside is. There's not many I would give, yeah, I agree with you, over six years, but I think he would be one of the And he's showing loyalty. Yes, absolutely. And and he can play both ends of the ground too. I don't think we've seen him play at centre-half back that much, but I think key position players are a bit more valuable than your midfielders. He's a gutsy, courageous player too. Hey, we've got the big fella Sam Jacobs at six thirty. Huge. So this just might broke. be this will be the exclusive, the first interview I'm yeah. getting with the new senior coach of the Woodville Torrance Woody Club. Well, I've got to give Sam Fantasia a bit of credit there. He actually, you know, he's just he's pretty happy with that too. He so. doesn't he doesn't miss much, Sammy. So well done there, and we'll chat with Source in uh, around about twenty five minutes time. Oh, I've got to give Ben Palmer so with another producer, Benny and Sam together got Source a uh, World Cup. Uh, yes. We're going to speak with Brett uh, Sundaresan shortly. Well, it starts tonight. It starts in 54 minutes. So <laughs> it, uh, it goes for two months. Uh, every country plays oh, nine games. That? I know, nine games. But there's 10 countries in it. Uh, it's just standard teams and standard countries that have been in the World Cup. However, there is no West Indies. They didn't qualify. So the team that is in their place is the Netherlands. So watch out to see if they can upset anyone. But, um, yeah, it's a very interesting World Cup, I think there's a number of teams that can win it. It's in India, so we know that the spin will come into it, which means that maybe a Pakistan might be a team that might be every chance. South Africa's playing a lot better as well. They'll put their hands up. We know that England will be thereabouts. Um, And so I'll be interested to ask Barat about Australia's chances, but also the pressure on the hosts on India. Yeah, and it's quite time-friendly too, isn't it? Like you said, it gets underway in in uh, 40, 50 minutes. So you can watch, certainly watch one innings. Yeah, well, with Australia taking on India on Sunday night here, 7 o'clock is the start. So you definitely can watch the first innings and it might be a bit much to stay up all night. But um, 
Yeah, it has fallen at a decent time for us here in now, Australia. Now, you've been keen on India. As I said, they've got one and a half billion people to choose from, and they could probably pick three cricket teams. But yep. they've got a lot of class, haven't they? Oh, they do. I think that you look at the top of their order, it's as good as anyone. Rohit Sharma, Shubman Gill at the top, and then you've got Virat Kohli coming in. Their middle of their lineup's pretty nice too. But, I mean, their spinners are incredible. Ashwin, Jadeja, they will have a massive impact. But Jasper Bulmore is one of the... When he's firing, oh. he's arguably the best bowler in the world and, and he is back to his best. And so I actually think he might be the player of the tournament and India will win it. What, who do you think will, will potentially win it and yeah. the player of the tournament? I, 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 like, I think if India win, I love Gil as an opening bat. He's the best promising youngster around. I do like England. I think the way they play their cricket, they, they can rack up massive scores. They play exciting stuff. Uh, then, then probably Australia, that'd be the three. And Pakistan, I think the wickets might suit them as well. That you know, the lower slow wickets, and they've got some good fast bowlers. Pakistan, yep. yeah, they do. I think that um, the conditions will certainly suit Pakistan, and they've been there thereabouts uh, in the in the past couple of World Cups as well. So. There is a number of teams that could do something. Again, New Zealand just seems to always play it out of their skin when it comes to World Cups as well. They made the final last time. They punch above their weight, don't they? Remember the final from four years <laughs> ago when uh, England England and New Zealand, they both made 241, and then they both came out and made 15 in the Super Over, Super over. which meant that it was went to a count back on boundaries in which England was the winner. So what an incredible finish to the World Cup. I mean, if we get anything like that this time around, it'd be amazing. Yeah, and the New Zealand batsman got run out by about a foot. Yep. Otherwise, they would have won it. Uh, that's a good oil thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Just remember the name. Write it down if you see uh, extra virgin olive oil. It's got to be Cobram Estate. Uh, first cold pressed, as I said, in Northern Victoria. I'm going to play a couple of grabs for you too, um, talking um, Port Adelaide. because they, They're going to be busy on the trade table, I think. They're trying to get players in. Ollie Wine's name's been thrown around a little bit, Dan. I, I, I don't think he'll go anywhere. I think he'll stay. But he needs to play in that midfield, doesn't he? Right in the in the centre. Oh, if they're going to get the best out of Ollie Wines, it's where he won his Brownlow medal, which was on the inside and doing all the grunt work. So it, it will be an interesting one because they don't have a great draft hand uh, this year. So it might be an Ollie Wines or someone else. You'd be able to get a few good draft picks back in. Here's uh, Chris Davies talking about Ollie Wines. There was nothing came in, in Ollie's exit interview that would suggest that he wants to go and, and we, we're not in a situation where we want Ollie to, to leave our club. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's a player who, you know, we need to get back to our best. If, we, if you know, we're going to be able to move up the ladder next year, then, then what we need is Ollie Wines playing better footy than what he did this year, not, not for Ollie Wines to be at another club. Interesting there. So Chris Davies talking about Ollie Wines. And look, it's correct. They do need the best out of him for them to perform really well. But again, at the same time, they might get some lucrative offers potentially. Uh, he did win a Brownlee medal only a couple of years ago. Amazing. Um, but again, their draft picks, 38, 44, and 71. So there's not a lot of high picks there that they would love something in the first 20 picks. Dan, the hard sort of game he plays, can that take its toll on a body he's been around for probably 10 years now Ollie Wines and he's always been in and you know hits he smashes in um I, I he just looked a step behind the pace this year yeah, it's a good question he's 28 years of age so he has been around for those 10 years and uh 29 this month I yeah think. so all of that grunt work uh it has to take a toll over time on your body uh and so 
Look, I, I, he wasn't as good as he would have liked, but at the same time, I still think he can get back to his best. Yeah, I agree. And he's a Brownlow medalist. Trade update for Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio update. Uh, Chris Davies also spoke about Dersman. Now, Dersman's name has been cropping up, hasn't it? And he's mm. another one that's form's just really tapered. It has, and you might get something for him too. Yeah, well, that, that's an interesting one. You, you know, what we've never done, you know, historically is really stand in the way of someone who thought that maybe their best footy was going to be played somewhere else if they had real reasons to do that. Now, you know, X is in a situation where he was, you know, he was in our team for all of last year. You know, disappointed, I guess, with his form and, and we hoped for him to be better and he's had some injury issues over time. I mean, I don't think there's any real reason for Xavier to leave the club, but equally, if, you know, if, if he came to us and said that he wanted to, then... I guess we've got some decisions to make. But right now, I think it's more likely than not that he's he's with Port Adelaide next year. He's been asked plenty of questions today, Chris Davies, about a lot of their holes that they need to fill. And he talked about Dersma there. And What do you make if, if he comes to us and wants to have a look around? That, to me, means you're, you're not a lock-in. He, he's nah, he's that, tradable, isn't he? No, nah, that wasn't as convincing as nah. the Oli Wines answer. Um, so that will be interesting to see what happens, as will the Ruck Department. What happens with Scott Lyser and also the names that have been, uh, I guess, mentioned that Port Adelaide could go after? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Brad, we'd be, we'd be open to bringing them both in. Yeah, we think I mean, Jordan has a reason to come back to South Australia, and that is that he's from here. Yes. Uh, and... You know the reality is he's behind probably the premier ruckman in the in the competition, and he's out of contract. So, yeah, there are some ticks in our box for for Jordan, and yeah, he's he's obviously expressed his interest to to come to Port Adelaide, and and we definitely want to get that deal done. Um, you know, Soldo's in a different situation, but we are, as you say, we are really happy with the progress of you know Dante Vicentini on our list this year, who played a couple of games, did a really good job down a game in Geelong and young aggressive bugger that we think has you know has you know a future in the game but as Chris Davies talking about the ruck set up there come out on the show thanks to Lumo Energy just switch to the affirmative join Lumo Energy today and Kia the all electric Kia EV6 up to 528 kilometers of range massive show coming up then we got Toddy Gray trying to get your winner Brett Sundaresan uh, he's coming from uh, India Yes. All on World Cup stuff. Can't wait for that. And Sam Jacobs, you broke the story. Sam Jacobs is the new coach of Woodville West Torrens. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter... Sports ASA, Dan Menzel and David Wildey. On this uh, Thursday, rather wintry, wet sort of Thursday too. But before we go to Toddy Gray, we've got the leg up. Yeah, we do. We've got the leg up. Australia's fastest growing tipping service. Uh, thanks to Blake Johnson. G'day, fellas. Let's head to the nation's capital for our best of the day tomorrow. Canberra, race to number seven, San Dastin. I liked his win first up for the new stable. He was 36 days between runs. He was back in trip, but he proved too strong late. And then he backed up seven days later, getting up to 2,100 metres, and he didn't have the best of luck. I liked his work through the line. I think he peaks here over 2,000 metres, maps to get every possible chance, and I think he can only improve on that effort. So that is Canberra, race to number seven, Sandaston. 
Good luck if you follow, fellas. There you go. Send Aston. There is the tip. Get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fast-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. Yeah, from Blake Johnson, we go to Toddy Gray. We're talking Greyhound Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. Their big night tomorrow night. It's Adelaide Cup. Some wonderful dogs, some really quick dogs going around. We're going to try and uh, just have a, an entree tonight and find a couple of winners. Toddy, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty well, lads. Don't fill up because I believe I get to see your uh, lovely mugs tomorrow night. Is that true? That yeah. is true, Toddy. We can't wait. <laughs> now, you haven't met Todd yet, oh. have you, Dan? Not in person, but I spoke to him plenty of times uh, yeah. over the line. What do you got? I reckon. Uh, I reckon last time I saw last time I saw you, Dan. I reckon I was cursing the name Basil Brush Road. I'll let you know something. Yes. Nothing's changed. I threw that dog out last week. He's still breaking my heart. After 12 months, you think I'd move on. Oh, well, I did hear that, and so you would think so, but what have you got for us tonight, then, as your best bet? Uh, I've got two two best bets tonight at Murray Bridge. So, change of scenery, lads. So, Murray Bridge is a little bit different from Angle Park. It's a one-turn track, or to put it simply, a horseshoe, because that's what it's shaped like. So, instead of doing two turns, the dogs only have to do one. So, generally, a horseshoe track would suit front runners, because uh, they don't have to use as much stamina going around the turns, and the straights, they really get to stretch out. So, anyway, race six, number one is my first best bet. Uh, a bitch called Seasonal. Now, I reckon she's an absolute moral to lead all the way here. Yeah? Uh, look, 400 metres is about as far as she wants. She's still a young sort uh, learning her ways, but I can't see why she won't just ping the lead, go straight to the front and uh, be getting the chocolate. So, race six, number one, Seasonal to lead all the way is the first one, boys. So, Seasonal's the first one to get us going. And then what's your other best bet of the night? Uh, race eight, number three, long haul. Now I got to. I, I will address the elephant in the room first. There is a dollar thirty favourite I'm going against in this yes, race. Look, I this dollar thirty pop. This yeah, this dollar thirty pop is either very good or very bad. It's a Norm Smith or a wooden Norm Smith winner or a wooden spooner. To virtually put it in a nutshell. <laughs> Last week it nearly broke the track record, lads. It's very good, but consistency's always been a problem. And there's just enough speed either side of it to maybe worried out of the prize early. Uh, with long haul. If the favourite fits it, beautiful. But if it doesn't, I still think we're a chance at filling the podium here. I'm, I think it's going to be your early leader, long haul. Uh, it's form from interstate as well is quite good. No issues with the distance. There's no real speed either side of it. If anything, the four dog runs a little bit wide to give it a little bit of cover. So race eight, number three, long haul. Uh, if the favourite doesn't turn up, I reckon that's your winner. And if it happens to, I think we can still stake ourselves to at least make a very tiny profit if we get second or third. And Toddy getting ready for a big night tomorrow night? Uh, I am indeed. I'll be I'll, I'll be down there making sure. Look, I won't be hard to find. You'll be able to hear me. It's my favourite time of the year. It's like Christmas for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm really chuffed about tomorrow night. And it's a very open race too. This year's Adelaide Cup is very similar to last year's Adelaide Cup. The roughy of the field's box eight. The favourite's drawn box five. A lot of hype around the favourite and everything as well. But we saw what happened last year. 101 pop won the Adelaide Cup last year. So... Anything can happen. Uh, if anything, last year it has proven to everyone, but there is hope and there's no such thing as a good thing. Well, Toddy, I'm looking forward to your tip tomorrow night for the Adelaide Cup. We will see you down there at Angle Park. Make sure everyone gets along to the Greyhounds tomorrow night. It's going to be perfect weather. weather. What a night we're going to have down there at Angle Park. So thanks, Toddy. No worries, legends. I will see you tomorrow. Toddy Gray, a good man. Before we go to the break, and on the other side, Sam Jacobs will join us too. Jordan Lewis played with Clayton Oliver. The name's still going around today um, about Clayton, whether he'll stay at Melbourne. I'd be staggered if he doesn't stay at Melbourne. Yeah, I would be too. If he's not their best player, he's their second best player. Here's Jordan Lewis talking about his former teammate. Um, But I must admit, when when Clary's name came up, I I can only talk about my experience at at Melbourne, and he was was one of the most professional players that... uh, 
that were that were there at the time. Um, but clearly something's clearly something's gone on, and you know whether it be uh, stemming from his hamstring injury, or there might have been multiple instances throughout the year that just to that just add up. And um, and sometimes the playing group and the coaching staff might get frustrated, and maybe that has triggered um, triggered them to to open talks about a potential trade. Yeah, that's Jordan Lewis talking about his uh, teammate. Catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. We've got plenty more to come on the other side. Sam Jacobs, new coach of Woodville West Torrens, and go all the way to India. World Cup starts tonight, and we'll speak with Brett. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Sports SA, David Wildey and Dan Menzel, brought to you by CMC Invest. It's internationally investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. Well, broke the news broke at the top of the show, too. New coach of Woodville West Torrens, very popular man, too. Wonderful player for the Crows. Played at Carlton as well. Sammy Jacobs joins us. The big source. How are you, source? Wild, man. How are we going? Mate, congratulations. We didn't see this coming. How long has this been in the, the planning for you? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I guess I've sort of been in talks with the club since probably early September. You know, around it, how it might look. And um, I guess going through the process and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I've always had aspirations to get into coaching and um, so yeah, I guess it's probably come a little bit quicker, just mainly because I was keen to keep playing still. But um, when opportunities come like this, and um, I'm an Eagles man, obviously very passionate about their NFL. It's a, it's a real natural fit. Yeah, congrats, Sauce. What well I mate, you'll do a terrific job there at the Eagles, and it'd be a nice change for them. Uh, now I believe it was just held up because you were just uh, going and winning a grand final and getting best on ground <laughs> and getting up by ten goals for Flagstaff Hill this year. <laughs> I wish that was the case, but it wasn't. Um, so, no, I've, uh, I, mate, I had a lot of thoughts um, around how does this look if, you know, to, if I lose the granny then miss out on the job, it's going to be a pretty dour mm. couple of weeks. Yeah. Or, fortunately enough, fortunately enough, we've won and I've got the job. So, um, it's just a shame you've already signed at Curon Cats, unfortunately. <laughs> have, have you always, um, Sam, always had an interest in coaching? I mean, how, when you present to the club, your philosophy and all that, I mean, you've got a, you've had a wonderful career at AFL level. So, how did all that go about? Yeah, so I guess through my playing career, I've, I've done all the coaching courses and all that sort of stuff, the level two, the um, next coaches program with Dave, um, with David Whedon. Um, and I guess from there, I've, I've coached Ardrossan. And then I had some time with Godsey um, in the SNFL as his, as his midfield assistant. So in the, in the last uh, 12 months prior to this year. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll put my hand up, acknowledge that, you know, actual pure coaching experience. I'm probably not as credentialed as others, but I guess, football experience mm. I really back in my knowledge and the experience that I've had over footy to, to hold me in good stead yeah and I think source with that the other thing that's probably appealing to the club is that you've worked with different organizations different clubs and whether that be at a professional level or amateur level that our Drossen coaching you mentioned Godsey with the Crows and the Sample I'm guessing you take a lot of different things out of different levels and different standards and what really works but also things that maybe don't work so well Absolutely, man. And also, you know, you, you spent some time up in Sydney as well. You know, I've had time in the Victorian market, South Australian, New South Wales market, played AFL in, in, in Adelaide, played SANFL, played local footy as well. So I feel, you know, I feel I've, I've spread myself a lot of 
across of uh, different areas. I've got a lot of different experiences, you know, unfortunately or, or fortunately throughout my AFL. There's a lot of trials and tribulations there. So I feel I've seen a lot. And um, I think the biggest thing for me is I feel I can really connect with the players. And I just spoke to the boys and I've just said, you know, I'm a people first person. And, um, you know, X's and O's are great, but they come second to connection and making sure we're all, all heading in one direction. Yeah, and that's absolutely key. And you're just 35 years of age, so <laughs> you will certainly be able to connect to the playing group. Uh, another thing that will definitely help is the addition of another Woodville West Torrens legend, which is Gavin Colville is going to be your senior assistant coach, which must be, I uh, must make things a lot easier for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like I said, you know, I don't have years and years upon um, coaching experience, and um, I was really keen to have someone with experience sort of sit next to me and, and help help challenge me and guide me. And Gav was a, uh, Gav was an absolute no brainer for me. He was he was number one on my list as well, being an Eagles legend, SNFL legend as well. So um, obviously he's got his teaching background. He, he does um, at Uni SA as well, and um, he's going to be fantastic for me. And the thing I love about Gav as well, he he, he tells it as it is. Um, I know, you know, if he gives me the feedback, whether it's good or bad, um, it's going to try and make me better. So, um, no, I'm really excited to have him have him in my corner. Yeah, this year, um, aside, the club's had a golden run. What about attracting players? You've always got to get better, Sam. So what about attracting players to the club? Have you already got your thinking cap there or people been just assessing who's available? I do, um, but like, to be honest, and, and men's knows the list probably better than I do right now, but you know, I'm really confident in the players we've got. Um, yes, it's, I think it's always important to continue, continue to pick off you know, recruits and, and whatnot, but you know, the Eagles have got such a strong history of, of promoting from within, and you know, obviously we did have a few injuries last year and things like that as well, but I think there's a lot of untapped potential as well. So um, yeah, I think we had seven in the under-18 um, state program this year that will come up. We've had another seven go into the under-18 state program. So I don't want to come in here and start recruiting guys that you know, are from interstate and all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm big on the internal growth and I want to give you know, the Eagles boys a really opportunity to, to take, the, take the spots they want as well to start with. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that, Sauce. That there is the youth and the development coming through. And the other thing, Wilds, which is great for the Woodville Torrance Footy Club is because they get a lot of guys drafted, uh, hopefully for their sake they stay in the AFL. But unfortunately, they if it doesn't back. go that way, then Source yeah. and, and the Eagles can certainly attract them back. And there's a number of players that they'll be looking at over the next few years. But um, Source, how's the dealings been with Christine as president and the new CEO, David Kuzner? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, obviously, it was, it was unique when I was in the, in the going through the process because you know, usually you don't know anyone or you only know one or two. But I guess when I was going down the, around the room, I sort of had a relationship with everyone. So that sort of presented some unique challenges in itself. But um, I think our values just really align men's. And, um, you know, we've got, all got such a passion for the club and, and people, um, first of all, as well. So I'm excited to go to work with them. You know, Christine, she, she's unreal. She, you know, obviously supports everyone, makes sure everyone's in a good good space. And Dave, just a good operating, just get stuff done. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to team up with them and, and obviously, all the, you know, Goldie's the footy manager and all that as well. So full-time uh, coach now. How, how's the body held up? I mean, you've played such a demanding role. When you're ruck, when you get smashed into all the time and you you played that for many, many years, when you when you come out of football, how would you say the, the body's held up? Well, it's probably, I guess, the simplest answer is, Will, I'm still playing. I was still playing. So I played, I played 16 games of footy at local level this year and, my body's fine. Um, but you won't next yeah, year. So, no, what I year. take from that source is we might see the first player... Coach. coach since <laughs> Malcolm Blight. <laughs> since Malcolm Blight. <laughs> no, no, I did that a couple of years ago back home in Ardross and it's, uh, it's not conducive to performance. So, um, you know, I, I know pending, pending um, schedule and that, you know, I might have a kick here or there. 
Um, but you know, the body the body's really good to be honest. And that's um, remarkable. You know, I still like. Yeah, I know it is wills, and I guess you know whether it's you know I've had busted fingers. I did my ACL two years ago, things like that. But you just soldier on and, and keep pushing on. So how excited are you? I mean, this is a massive challenge for you. Been in footy all your life. Now you're at the helm of your own team. Um, how excited is uh, Sam Jacobs? Oh, I'm just pumped to be back in footy and, and back you know at the Eagles as well. And you know, right now, if you said do you want to be in the AFL, the SNFL, I'm, I'm right where I want to be. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a really well-rounded role. I think I can learn so much. Um, you know, as opposed to if I was in a development role at the higher level and um, being able to have a touch point. And um, I think the thing that I've probably, you know, missed the last three years is I just feel I've got all this experience and in the role I was currently in, I probably didn't feel like I was utilising it. Yep. It, was, it was great to be able to use, learn new skills and learn, you know, the other side of the fence in a footy club. But, you know, when, when your heart's in the, in the footy department and coaching and all that sort of stuff, um, I'm just excited to get back into... Probably people don't want to say it here, but the, the roller coaster of footy, the ups and downs, and everything that comes with it. So, Sauce, before we let you go, when does it start? When it got announced tonight that you're the senior coach, when are you in the office uh, day to day? Is it tomorrow morning? <laughs> Is it next week? When does it kick off for you? Well, well, to be honest, when I found out a few days ago, it's probably started then. So, yeah. um, as you know, coaching's a lifestyle, it's not a job. So, um, you know, I've been on the computer, you know, crunching out programs and all that sort of stuff ever since I've been in the program. So, Feel I've got a pretty good handle on you know where where I want to go through preseason, how I want to execute it. Um, it's going to be a group decision with the other coaches and the club or whatnot. But um, yeah, just looking forward to getting stuck into it and and I guess trying to get this club back to the finals, which we obviously we're used to um, here at Oval Avenue. Yeah, great appointment. Congratulations once again, big fella. Well done. Great work, Sauce. Thanks. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers for the chat. Sam Jacobs, what a great appointment. And he's so excited, you can, you can hear him, his voice. The love, the passion, 35 years of age. So, as he said, still playing, he's certainly got it. But also loved Gavin Colville being there with him too. You need a good coaching group. It, no matter how good a coach you are, you need good people around you. And they've definitely instilled that. Off to India shortly, but uh, not good for the Redbacks today. No, went down by seven wickets to Tasmania in, the fir- in their opening Sheffield Chill game. So, going to need to turn things around pretty quickly. Yeah, they got away to a bad start. I was hoping for, for Gillespie and Ryan and Harrison that things would be a lot better, but not a good start. I was also hoping the rain might have come into play for them. <laughs> it certainly came in with our golf, but uh, not so much for the Redbacks. So they went down by seven wickets to Tasmania. Uh, coming up shortly, we are off to India and we are talking World Cup. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, next guest is simply the best too, Brett Sundaresson. And for tyre power, great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. He's in India. He's covering all the Australian games. And I believe he's just been to the Andrew McDonald Press of the Australian coach. Brett, how are you? I'm doing very well, guys. Uh, I'm in the, my ancestral land, though I hail from Mumbai, my... Uh, parents originally hailed from Chennai. So, yeah, I claim to know the, the, the language that they speak here, but nobody here accepts me as one of their <laughs> own. Well, nothing new for me. <laughs> um, Dan, I know Dan Menzel, he's very looking forward to the World Cup. We all are here at SEN, but you went to the Andrew McDonald Press and Australia's last couple of games have been quite good, perhaps a bit patchy early and in South Africa. What do you mm. make of the presser? I uh, know. I mean, a couple of uh, standout points there, and I've been sticking my neck out and saying I don't think uh, Australia can go in without Manus Labuschagne, and that's exactly what was confirmed. Andrew McDonald said the same. So 
uh, what we will see is Manas batting in the top four, more or likelihood at number four. Uh, and he just, uh, you know, is, is a different player. Like uh, the coach said, he's come back. He was asked, uh, there was a certain things asked of him to bat at a certain tempo. And, you know, he's come back an improved player. And we've seen it already in the last few games he's played for Australia. So that's, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's a lock-in. Marcus Stoinis, though, question marks over him. Uh, apparently had a hamstring issue. Uh, after the second ODI against India, which is why we haven't seen much of him since. Um, so, it, it, in all likelihood, it looks like it could well be Cameron Green who plays ahead of Stoinis and uh, Manus in the top four. So, Barat, on that then, it sounds like Mitch Marsh and Warner will open with Steve Smith and then yeah. Manus coming in after that. that. Is that correct? That's very much uh, uh, the case. Uh, and Mitch Marsh is settled in nicely at the top of the order in the absence of uh, our very own Travis Head. So, um, no, I think it's, it's shaping up well, this Australian side. And, you know, the rest of it kind of selects itself. You would think Alex Carey, Glenn Maxwell, uh, in, in the lower middle order, uh, followed by the three big fast bowlers and Adam Zampa. Cameron Green's been disappointing, but he did make a half-centre in his, his last bat. They'd, hmm. they'd love him to fire up Rap, wouldn't they? Because he's such a... He can bowl his, you know, eight to ten overs. He's a brilliant fielder, yeah. but he needs to get that batting going. He does. And, you know, you can't discount the fact that for the first time in his life, forget his career, he's been away from home for so long. What, he slept in his own bed <laughs> in Perth the last 13 times or 14 times in the yeah. last nine months, which is crazy when kids crazy ask of anyone, uh, save a, a young 23, 24-year-old who's just breaking into cricket or high-profile cricket anyway. But, um, you know, he, like he proved in the IPL last year, he started slow, but when he really came into his own, he uh, really tore the house down. Uh, so, you know, in a way, maybe uh, you'd think if Stoinis wasn't there wasn't an injury cloud around him, he would have played ahead of Cameron Green, but this could well be the blessing in disguise that Australia need to bring out the best in Cameron Green. So, Barat, I want to ask about India. So, Australia takes on India in their first game, which is Sunday in India. It's Sunday night here in Adelaide at 7 o'clock. The last hmm. three winners of the World Cup have been the host. So, India back in 2011, yeah. Australia in 2015, and England, obviously, four years ago. The pressure in India, the expectation, what is it like at the moment over there? It, look, it's, it is a huge challenge. And uh, the one difference between India winning in 2011 and now is firstly the length of the tournament where suddenly you're playing nine matches. Uh, and mm. no, it's not just what happens on the field, right? Especially when you're an Indian team. You, I remember speaking to MS Dhoni about it when he was captain. And wherever you go, I mean, whether it's the housekeeping staff or like, you know, the, the, the person serving you food, everyone has just one thing to say to you win us the World Cup. And there is a lot of pressure uh, that comes with it. And like you speak to family, they say the same thing. So I remember the Indian team at that point, they said, you know, we're, not avoid, we're going to avoid speaking to anyone beyond our immediate family because there's just so much external noise around it. So it's not just going to be the nine teams that India face and then the semifinals and the finals if they are to win the World Cup again. It's about somehow enduring like this whole 1.4 billion people having this want of you um, and then still doing your best on the field and winning. So it's not going to be as straightforward as them being the home team, so them having a significant advantage. And also it's India. So 
pretty much every other team has a lot of experience playing in these conditions. So many IPL players will be on show in this tournament as well. So it's no longer foreign territory for a lot of them. So just on those conditions then, India in the test games, the test matches that Australia has played, very much a spin-friendly wicket similar in the mm. IPL. Is it is it going to be the same for this World Cup or is it maybe going a little bit back in terms of the pace bowlers uh, factors? No, I mean, uh, that's the beauty of this World Cup as well, because everything is so different as you travel around India. Uh, and, like, you know, there's always this uh, this hype around there being turning pitches, and there will be a few. Uh, but, you know, you uh, a lot of pitches have been relayed. The one in Lucknow where Australia are going to play two back-to-back games, um, it has turned in the past, but we don't know how it's going to play because it's a relayed wicket. Uh, whereas, like, say, the Eden Gardens pitch in the last few years has become pacier and bouncier than ever before. Uh, Dharamsala, there'll be a few day games. Australia play New Zealand in a day game. So the fast bowlers will come into play uh, as you travel north. So it will be a, a lovely mix. Uh, you know, the first game in Chennai, down south, you would think, yes, there will be a, a lot in it for the spinners. But also don't forget, this is... Uh, very early on in the cricket season in India. Hardly any cricket has been played yeah. in the last few months, which is rare in an Indian cricket. So comparing them to the pitches you see in the IPL, which is played at the back end of the season, um, is, is fraught with danger. So I think not just because it's one-day cricket, just overall with the conditions as well, there is a lot of novelty that there is going into it. So uh, expect a few surprises. Barat, um Cricket, I think we've got to thank England for the T20, the 50 over, even the test cricket. We used to think of English players as stodgy. Go back to the days of Colin Cowdery and Edrich and all these boycott, the battle day. But they really are the leaders, aren't they? The way they've taken on T20, uh, the 50 over and test cricket. It's been amazing. Now the big scores and, you know, seven, eight, ten and overs, just regular. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's start off by saying we don't. Let's not thank England for anything. Uh, that's just my starting <laughs> cool. point. But, uh. <laughs> but no, you're right though. I mean, they 50 over cricket alive after 2015 being bundled out in Adelaide the way they were, um, and at a time when One Day Cricket was already beginning to be tested in terms of its relevance, the way they transformed that format is what, I, in my opinion, kept it alive, and which is why I've always felt that. Uh, whether it was through boundary, boundary count or whatever, <laughs> they deserve to win the last World Cup in that sense. Uh, and you're right. I mean, they they did it the same with T20 cricket and they deservedly won the T20 World Cup. And, well, with baseball, uh, I still sit on the side of uh, the way Australia play cricket. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I was there for the Ashes and I'm not completely sold on it. But you're right. I mean, um, uh, England uh, are one of the favourites as a reason for, as a result going into this tournament alongside, say, India or even in Australia. Where's the weakness for Australia? Um, they can adapt to pitches, got some powerful mm. batting. Um, is it more in the bowling, you think, it would be where they struggle and perhaps a couple of uh, lead spinners, depending on what wickets they serve up? Um, look, I think the death over is going to be a challenge. Uh, you, yes, you know, you have Stark, Mitchell Stark bowling in the death, so that's, that's all right. But then... Uh, uh, but you'll also have like uh, you know uh, Pat Cummins uh, who and a lot of others who haven't played a lot of 50 over cricket in recent times. So that's going to be a challenge. But for me, I think it's that middle order. That's the number five and number six. Alex Carey has not looked the same uh, in in a while, so he hasn't been as consistent as as mm. usual. Uh, and uh, and again, Stoinis slash Green. Uh, the the fact that they've kind of blown hot and cold with the bats. If they fire. Australia are going to go very, very deep in this tournament because everything else looks solid at the moment. 
So, Barat, I want to know who you think will win the tournament. Um, my selection at the start of the show, I mentioned India, and I just think with the likes of Boomer back in some good form, but you've got Rohit Sharma, Kohli. Uh, I imagine Shuman Gill will be there. There's there's so many yep. in that team that um, are going to be hard to contain. Do you think that even with that pressure, are they your pick to win it? Um, I, I mean, on paper, yeah, you would think it has to be them or England. But I have a surprise pick Ooh. to everyone else. And it's a very sentimental pick. I mean, I generally go West Indies for everything, but they're not there for a change. <laughs> but I just get a feeling where their one-day cricket is right now and where their their cricket is right now. I just want South Africa to win this World uh. Cup because, you know, I don't know whether they'll ever get to play this format at this level again. Just the way... South African cricket's going, franchise cricket taking over, and, you know, the whole history of South Africa and these 50-0 World Cups. If this is to be the last 50-0 World Cup, just give them the World Cup. Let the world be a better place. Let's all just be happy in our hearts. But that's my only pick. But that's my sentimental pick. But, yeah, I do think it could come down to India and England, uh, logically speaking. But, again, like I said, don't rule Australia out. If they just find a way to get into the semi-final and they get Travis head fit, uh, look out. Uh, it could well be that uh, sixth World Cup trophy uh, up for grabs. You're right. You just have to make it into the final four, the semifinals, and you're every shot and every chance at it. I like the South Africa call that um, they did beat Australia 3-2 in the recent series. So there is a bit of form yeah, there. Yeah. Is that um, exactly. just some really good form from South Africa or maybe some concerns for the Australians? Uh, no, a bit of both. I think, um, you know, you spoke about the heavy hitters that India have and England have and even Australia have. Uh, but like we saw in that series, um, they have some, like Quinton Dickock has, you know, this is his swan song, this is his finale. So he would want to go out on a high in international cricket. Similarly, Heinrich Klassen, who's nobody, not many people are talking up, unless those who follow cricket very closely. And they have a pretty solid bowling lineup as well, in Maharaj and Shamsi and the big fast bowlers. So, I do think there is a lot more in the South African side than people are giving them credit for. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, but again, it'll be a question of whether they can go really deep. And if they do, you know, with that bowling attack on a good day, who knows? Uh, so, uh, no, I think it's such an open World Cup, and that's why it's going to be such an exciting time. And I'm just privileged to be in India for it. Just in closing, Barat, England, New Zealand, kick it off. I mean, what what a game, mouthwatering mm-hmm. game that is. And, uh Probably England start a slight favourite, but uh, it's great to have the the previous finalists playing off in the first game. Oh, yeah. always a good start to any sporting event, right? When you get that the the repeat of the last final. And, and look, uh, I'm a huge wrestling guy, and this has all the makings of proper wrestling blow off game, right? The the good guys, New Zealand against the bad guys, <laughs> the heroes, England for trying to redeem themselves after what happened last time around at Lord. So. I think it works out perfectly. Uh, but, yeah, I, my prediction is for New Zealand to kind of uh, upset the apple cart right away, right at the start of the tournament. Oh, we'd love to see that. Last one from me, Bharat, before we let you go, is player of the tournament. You said either India or South Africa to potentially win it. Who do you think will be the player of the tournament? Oof, oh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just, like, regardless of who wins... Uh, I think we're just in the era of Mitchell Marsh. Mitchell Marsh is going to be the player of the tournament, Jeez. regardless of whether Australia win the title or they do get go deep in it. Yeah, I reckon I'll go Shubham Gill, and I reckon Harry Brooks not. Mm. Harry Brook can uh, hit him a fair way too, Barat. <laughs> oh, very much so, and it's good that he's back in the side. Uh, uh, like, you know, a few for guys who you didn't expect 
playing in the World Cup just a few weeks ago. Our Ashwin, another one. Our Slabushin, another one. So it's good to see the best in the business actually being a part of the biggest event in world cricket. Well, Dan and I are very envious. We'd love to be with you. Uh, keep up the good work and we'll keep up to date right throughout the tournament with you. Thanks for your time once again. Anytime, guys. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank Brett. you, Bharat. Enjoy. Brett Sundaresan there over in India covering the Australian team too. For Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof, tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear in store and online. So you're going India, you're quite quietly confident there? Yeah, I, I am. I just think that their spinners over there, they've got the firepower. I mean, up top, Rohit Sharma, Shubman Gill, Virat oh. Kohli. Um, it is elite, but also Jasper Bumrah is back in some really good form, and he is he is arguably the best bowler in the world when he's up and firing. But again, we mentioned uh, or Barat did about Ashwin Jadeja. I just think they've got a lot of bases covered. I think Gill's their best bat since Tendulkar, and even a young Ricky Ponting. When you look at kids coming in, hey, this bat looks. Uh, they should test his bat. It looks twice the normal size. It's huge. It's always straight, isn't it? It is, and he and he is going to burst onto the scenes, whether it's in this or in the coming years. But interesting that Barat said Mitch Marsh. I think if Mitch Marsh is the player of the tournament, Australia basically well, wins win. it. Yeah, because we know how powerful he is at the top of the order. So he needs to get going for us to have a really successful tournament, but it's about to kick off. So England versus New Zealand about to start. And who do you tipping there? Uh, I think the firepower of England is hard to tip against them. I'm with you. Beaumont Tiles are giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12th in with a chance T's and C's apply. Hey, that's it for us, Dan. Tomorrow night we're at Angle Park. They've got the yes. Adelaide Cup. Adelaide Cup. Looking forward to it. It'll be good. And um, we'll be speaking to a lot of people, I think including trainers down there. Big night if you're thinking of doing something. Get down to Angle Park, the Greyhounds. You meet Toddy Gray. You meet Dan Mounds. You meet a whole host of stars down there. And I'll see you tomorrow night between 6 and 7. Bye for now. See you down there tomorrow night. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter 